A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another show. This is the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you in both the greater Cleveland area and also in Bradenton, Florida. And you can get in touch with Scott by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Check out past episodes of the show there and much more. Scott, how are you this week, my friend? I'm doing well, Walter. How about yourself? I am excellent, enjoying kind of this turn into the into the springtime a little bit. I need another haircut very badly, so I'm going to get well, Connie to get the clippers out here pretty soon and, and buzz it all off again. Yeah, see, that's what I do. I do a number one all the way around in the garage. <laughs> just perfect. knock it out, be done with it for a few months, and then when everything starts growing at different rates and looking pretty funky, just knock it all off again, right? Oh, no, well, I do mine every every Saturday. Oh, every Saturday. Oh, well, you're every much more Saturday. on top of it than I am. Oh, yeah. I just go out there and I just do it myself. You know, half the time it probably looks horrible, but, you know, I certainly uh, I certainly try my best. And, You've probably uh, saved a lot of money over the years. I, well, my, my my wife has made up for that, I'm sure. You know, because <laughs> when she goes You're just to trying her, to balance hers out, right? When she gets her hair cut, you know, there's nothing cheap about that. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. How long have you been doing the number one routine? Oh, for years. Probably like four five years okay um i've funny story one time i was going out of town and i didn't have a chance to cut my hair and you know like i i like to keep it real short so i do it every week so i went into one of those you know best clips or whatever yeah. one of those those quick little places and uh, i'm like yeah i just need to get my hair cut you know i'm sitting there waiting and i get in there and sit down in the chair and i'm like ah just the number one all the way around she goes what are you doing here <laughs> like, well, I usually cut it myself, but in literally in like two minutes, she's done. Right. And what are you uh, doing it, it was like the quickest tip she ever made in her life. I mean, it was just like, you know, you know and it wasn't one of those places where they shave you or massage right. your scalp or anything. It's no just bonuses. Like, nope. Number one, all the way around. Like, I was out of there in three minutes. That's awesome. Do you, so you don't miss going to get your hair cut? No, no. Yeah. It, see, I always thought. I mean, I used to have a client that was a uh, was a barber. He's since passed away, and I used to go with him. It's probably like ten, fifteen years ago, and I go see him because it was fun just chatting. You know, That's what I other, like. I love the, the haircut other people experience. in there. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that that part was fun. You know, but you know, like you think about right now, I'm knee deep in lacrosse season. I'm managing three different you know lacrosse schedules and coaching a team, and it's like. You know, if I could just take three minutes out of my life to cut my hair, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I like the haircut experience. I like, uh, I really love it when the hairstylist is chatty and even doesn't, they don't even need to ask me questions. If they just want to talk for, you know, the 30 mm -hmm. minutes or whatever it is, I just close my eyes and just, I just enjoy hearing someone speak and talk and listening to all the noises of the shop and that kind of thing. I don't know why, but it seems almost therapeutic. I don't know. It just kind of is a neat. I always enjoy going to get my hair cut. Feels good afterward, you know. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. them do the, you know, do the do the shampooing and all the stuff, and it just it's a nice reset to the to to the day and to the week. I think whenever you get your hair cut, so well, I think I, part I, of it, 
part of it's too is my hairstyle you know true 80 percent bald and uh you know I, there's not much you know unless they got like a little buffer machine to shine the top of my head <laughs> i mean really not much going on yeah that's very true well i guess it told you the story when she said what are you doing here <laughs> exactly <laughs> wasting your time uh, but she, she's like but if you want to more power to you i'll take you <laughs> I've talked about shaving my hair, my head, actually, but, uh, yeah, my wife's not a big fan of that. It's not much of a stretch from the one to the zero, right? No, you're right. Exactly. That's what I kept saying. Too so funny. one of these times I was going to accidentally have the little uh, blade guard fall off. And, Just uh, accidentally. Accidentally, and I'll walk in the house, and I'll you know, see what she says. You know what? It'll always grow back. So That's true. That's Easier true. to ask for well, forgiveness than permission as well. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> At least they say so. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it's true if you ever try that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, very good. We've got a uh, really fun show on the way. Already we've been talking about haircuts. That's exciting. Uh, we're going to talk about things that you assume that you should really never assume when it comes to financial and retirement planning. And a couple of good stories for you about uh, assumptions made in retirement and finances. We've got a really good mailbag question on today's show coming up from Davey. Davey's wondering about inflation and worried about future years of inflation and how that's going to impact everything. All that and much more on the way on today's show, including our movie and TV recommendations as well. Scott, when I was in ninth grade biology, I once was given an assignment I can't remember exactly what it was. We were to take take home two seeds and then water them over the course of a week or something and watch how the buds or sprouts or whatever grew. Mm-hmm. And we were one was regular water and one was I think it was like something with aspirin in it, like crushed up aspirin might have been the experiment and we were supposed to, you know, conclude our findings on how the plants grew differently and then why the aspirin one maybe grew differently than the other one. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just wasn't very good at science or wasn't into the, you know, project very much. And so I, I think I wrote kind of something on my homework about, oh, I think aspirin has uh, uh, caffeine in it. And so that stunted the growth of the plant. That's why it didn't grow as much, something, yada, 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 and turned it in. Well, after he graded the homework, the next day he called me up in front of the entire class. Walter, come up. And he was Australian. I'm not going to do the Australian accent, but the teacher was Australian. He said, come up here. I need to... Uh, you know, I'm going to have you present to the class. So he brings me up there and he says, you know, he, he kind of told the class what my answers were to the questions. And as he was reading them out, I was like, oh, this sounds really dumb. <laughs> this, is, this is not going to go well. And uh, he, he says, now, why did you think that there was caffeine in aspirin? And I was like, I, I, get, I just assumed that there was. And then he was like, oh, good. I was hoping you'd say that. And he writes up in front of the whole class, assume up on the board. And he says, you know, Walter, do you know what happens when you assume you make a, and then he underlined the first three letters out of the next letter and then the next two letters, um, <laughs> a you know what out of you and me up in front of the whole class in ninth grade, right? Like I was just mor- mortified mm-hmm. up there. But the lesson stuck with me, although I've, I didn't really appreciate it at the time, certainly, but Whenever I assume something, I go back and think about that moment, assuming something that got me in trouble in school and a zero on my homework, or I think he gave me the chance to go back and try again on on that assignment. So have you ever made assumptions like that that uh, kind of embarrassed you a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always make assumptions. that I, I don't know if I can remember one particular case where I've done that, but, you know, I, I you know, it's the old... I always, when I think of assuming things, I always think of the, the woman that you think is pregnant that is actually not pregnant, 
And that is something that you should never assume. <laughs> That's right. That's a very good example. I don't know if I've made that mistake. Hopefully I have I've haven't. not made that mistake because I certainly do know better. Yeah, you, you've, you've been aware of that one. Or at least no one's ever called us out on it. It's possible we've made it. but <laughs> That's yeah. true. No one ever called us They're out. They're too embarrassed. That's right. That's right. Well, let's look at some of the top assumptions that people make about retirement that kind of like that science experiment I had to go through. Uh, just aren't really correct assumptions, and then the consequences of when we, you know, assume mm-hmm. these things and we're wrong. We're going to look at some options for, you know, how we should maybe view these things a bit more critically. Uh, so first one, and this one, I don't know, maybe used to be true back in the day, but a lot of people assume, you know, I'll spend less money when I retire. Do you see that being kind of a false assumption these days? Well, I do. I, I you know, the old golden rule that that people used to. Uh, you know, stick by when they do financial planning is that you use 70% of what you currently spend now in retirement with the thought being that, okay, well, you're not driving to work. You don't have to get the clothes. You don't have to spend for gas. Maybe you're not eating out lunch, different things that you would do while you're working that you're not going to do when you retire. But what people forget about is the things that are added on there. You know, more than likely you're going to travel more Maybe you're playing golf more, you get a club membership, you've got grandkids now and you're spoiling them, you're taking them around, you're buying them, all that types of stuff. And the reality is, is that people will assume they spend more, I mean, less in retirement, but the reality is they usually spend about the same as they did before, if not a little bit more than, than previously. And you know, yes, maybe when you get into your 80s and, and you, you know, you're at the at the end of your retirement, you know, you're going to be spending less because maybe you won't have the energy to go and do these types of things. But certainly in the beginning of your retirement, what I usually see is the trend where you're actually spending more than you think that you you were going to. It's an interesting observation. And I think that that's one that a lot of people do assume, and it just isn't true, just isn't the case. Right. Uh, we see the same thing happen when it comes to taxes, right? I've heard you tell this story before. People will assume that their taxes are going to be lower when they retire. Yeah, and, and you know anybody that's listened to this podcast before, you know I'm a firm believer that tax rates are going up in the future. And the reality is that you know, those taxes while you're retired are not going to be that much lower, and then probably there's a pretty good chance that they could be higher in your tax in your retirement than they were while you're working. And let me kind of walk you through it a little bit. So we've just seen with COVID, I mean, we were spending and just printing money like crazy people. And we've risen our national deficit up to close to $30 trillion now. And eventually that needs to get paid for. You can't just, you know, keep your keep your credit cards maxed out forever because you continue to have to pay interest on that. And that interest starts getting more and more expensive. We're at historically low interest rates. We have been for some while. And there's certainly evidence now because we've been printing all this money that inflation's coming up. So interest rates are going to go up. And that means the cost of that national debt is going to go up for the government. We know Social Security's running low on cash. Medicare is running low on cash. So there is a lot of money that the government's going to need in the future. So most likely tax rates are going to go up. You know, and a lot of people, they save a lot of money in their, for, in their 401ks and their IRAs. When you reach age 72 now, 
you have to start taking money out. And then what that does is that, you know, depending what the tax rate's going to be, you know, you've got a, a million-dollar IRA and you have to take out, you know, let's just say $45,000 a year. That gets added on to your income. And then what it also does is makes your Social Security taxable if it wasn't taxable before. So up to 85% of your Social Security can be taxable. So I see it a lot where people, they come in to my office and they've just started taking money out of their IRA for requirement of distributions. And they're like, well, my taxes went up substantially when I started taking that money out. That's because their Social Security started to become taxable too. So, I mean, their taxes are a big landmine for people in retirement. You need to plan and, and have, have a strategy in place because they are not going to be lower, most likely, when you retire. As we talk about these, think about where you might be making some assumptions about your finances. And it doesn't have to just be with spending and taxes and things like this, just other things. Maybe it's a lifestyle issue. You assume retirement's going to be like X. And uh, maybe in reality, that's it's not going to be the case. Really think through some of these things. And if you can, if it's something that you can verify or double check, go through that process and double check those things to make sure that you have, you know, kind of the right vision of what retirement from the financial and even the lifestyle perspective um, is going to pan out to be. I think another really important one to talk about here, Scott, and it shifts gears a little bit, is this assumption that people will often have if they have kids going through college especially or about to go through college, they feel like they need to help them first and get through college before they start worrying about saving for retirement themselves. Yeah, This seems to remind me of that, you know, airplane, put, put your own mask on before you put the mask of, you know, others on. Well, no, that's a very good analogy. And you know what? What I always tell people is the fact that for years and years and years, we talk about saving early, saving often, and letting that money, the compounding effect and the markets and everything give you that growth over time. Well, that's certainly certainly the case when we're talking about saving for retirement. You never want to stop saving for retirement in order to start paying for college. And one thing to remember, too, is that there is no financial aid for retirement. You, you can get some financial aid to help out to pay for the kid's college, maybe get a loan, pay it off over time, you know, and balance between saving for retirement and also helping the kids get through college. But, you know, it's not a horrible thing for the kids to have some debt when they come out of college, too. I know mine. We specifically said, you know, that, you know, we're not paying for this whole thing. You're going to have some skin in the game because I think that's important too is that you know they have some skin in the game when it comes to paying for paying for college themselves and you know hopefully they take it more seriously and it's not just a big party for them you know and the other thing too if you don't save enough for your own retirement and you worry more about you know saving for you know paying for the kids education well what happens when you don't have enough for retirement when you retire you end up being a burden on the kids then. So it's not very fair to them later on if you don't accumulate and save enough cash for retirement. So that assumption that you need to take care of college is something that you certainly should not assume. You can work out a better plan than just full out not saving for retirement and making sure their college is paid for. 
Yeah, it's a great point. I love the skin in the game idea. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We often talk about how bad college debt is in our national discourse, right? Cancel it all, forgive all the debt. People are graduating with way too much debt. And I Mm -hmm. do agree with some of that, that there's, you know, the cost of education is astronomical in many cases, especially considering the type of job that you can then maybe qualify for after college based on some of these majors. But graduating with a little bit of debt, a little skin in the game, I think very healthy to have that be, if you can't pay for it while you're going through college as a student and and working your way through, at least to have some of that responsibility and that knowledge that you're going to pay me now or pay me later is a healthy thing. So I love that suggestion. Well, and, you know, hopefully my kids aren't listening to that podcast, the podcast either. But, you know, what my wife and I plan on doing is we're eventually probably going to just pay that off for them. But it's the fact that while they're going to school, I want them to have, you know, that skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Make them pay a little bit, Scott, you know. Oh, don't, I will. Don't, don't, I will. Give them all. But, yeah. I'm way too cheap. There you go. Let, let, let them make a couple of months payments on there before you let them off the hook, you know. <laughs> Something. you got to keep them stringing them along a little bit. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, it's another good one to certainly talk about, though, and uh, making sure that you're taking care of yourself in addition to helping others around you. And that goes for not just putting kids through college, but, you know, other conversations as well. Uh, a shift of gears one final time. Last topic here on uh, why you never assume things about retirement. I've heard a lot of people say this when Scott, and then you know what? They end up retiring. But a lot of people say, I assume I'll just never be able to retire. For some reason, that's the default position for folks. Yeah, no, I and I hear that all the time. And, and I think the reality is, is people may be in a better situation sometimes than they realize they are. And, you know, a lot of the time what's what's happens is that, you know, people, they don't save enough when they're younger, whether they're paying for the college or they're, you know, they've got, you know, a lot of expenses while they're younger, paying the house off. And, and as they get older, maybe into their 50s or so, they start feeling like they're behind. And, but saving in your 50s, you know, is actually, you know, pretty common time when a lot of people catch up. Yes, it's not as good as saving a lot in your 20s and 30s and letting the markets grow that. But if you're in your 50s and you feel like you're behind, number one, you may not be as far behind as you actually think you are. And then number two, you know, it's a perfect time to start saving more. I have a lot of people that, you know, once they get into their into their 50s, the kids are out of the house, they start cranking up their 401k contributions, they're putting 20, 25, 30% of their salary in there, they're saving in other places. And, you know, even though you may feel you may be far behind, you may not be as far as you think you are. You may not be as far as you think you are. I don't know, it sounds like the lyrics of a popular song or something like that, Scott. <laughs> it could be. It could be. You're exactly right. That's very good. Uh, These are just a couple of examples of why you never assume things about retirement. And if you have made some of these assumptions or if, you know, there's another one out there that we didn't cover, I'm sure we could continue to come up with example after example. So there's probably one that's on your mind as you think about your financial plan and your retirement goals and desires. There's maybe something you've assumed about the process Perhaps it's not true. Uh, maybe it is, and, and that'll be great. But what are the consequences of if you're wrong about that assumption? So let's mm-hmm. investigate a little bit. Give Scott a call if you've got questions about that thing that you may assume that might not be the case. Uh, you can get in touch a couple of easy ways. One, check the description of the show notes. We'll have contact information of Scott's there. You can also just go to talktoscott.com to schedule a time to meet. 
That's talktoscott.com. Or give a call to 888-742-0111. 888-742-0111. That'll put you in touch as well. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And uh, this is where we kind of come up with odd questions each episode to throw Scott's direction just to get to know his personality a little bit more and get a little break from all the financial talk. And uh, my question for you this time around, Scott, what in your mind is the best day of the year? I think my best day of the year would actually be Thanksgiving. Okay, that's right. You're a Thanksgiving guy. Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. you know, everybody's here. All my kids are, are here. My parents come into town. We got all the family over. Big, huge meal. I love food. And, uh, you know, everybody together. You got football on TV. I mean, that's probably the day I look forward to the most. It's just Thanksgiving Day. We usually host it at our house, so... You know, it's a little bit of work preparing for it, but, you know, once food's all done and everything, it's probably my best day of the year. Yep. Thanksgiving is fun for sure. I'll pick any day that I am uh, on the water on a boat as my best day of the year. So you could have several best days. True, true. Yeah. If I can do a multi-day boating thing, then I can have several best days of the year, but... Uh, where I'm on a boat watching the sunset. That's the best day of the year right there. Wow. Well, so if you play it right, you can have the you can have your best day every day of the year. That is true. Yeah. So we went to I don't know I, I know I've mentioned to you before, obviously with your Bradenton office, you're probably mm-hmm. familiar with Anna Maria Island, yeah, right across the way. So we vacationed there several years ago for the first time and absolutely fell in love with the island and with that, you know, with that area, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been back a couple of times. And on our most recent trip, the place where we stayed at was pretty close to the um, – it, it was on the water, and it had the opportunity where we could keep a boat at the at the house mm-hmm. and uh, from a, a local guy down there that rents some awesome place, good pricing, everything. And uh, it was close enough to the edge of the island where we could take it in the evenings out into the – you know, into the – like the entrance of Tampa Bay, right kind of around mm-hmm. there, like where you could get into the ocean there. And mm-hmm. the, the sun was setting right right at the tip of Anna Maria Island. So we'd go out there each night. So that whole week we were going out there and watching the sunset. And then, you know, we didn't have any lights on the boat or anything. So we had to zoom back into the <laughs> into the marina before, uh, <laughs> before it got too dark out there. But, man, there was nothing like just being out there. Everybody else has pretty much already departed, just floating and relaxing. The dogs are hanging out and just watching the sunset. It was about as perfect as life gets there, I'd say. All right. I like it. Yeah. So that'd be my perfect day. I, I took that from a little different angle. So. All right. Yeah. It was uh, It was in October last trip we did, so it wasn't too far from Thanksgiving. So it was almost the same day as you Yeah. Just a different and style. It, one of these days you can have Thanksgiving on your boat. On your boat? Wow. Now there's a marriage of wonderful ideas, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. It'd there be at the big, big boat to get everybody on it. Though. That is true. Yeah. The boat we were renting would not have been big enough to have Thanksgiving <laughs> on. I can tell you that. <laughs> it was just big enough to pretend like we wanted to go into the ocean only to quickly turn around and come back in. <laughs> right. <laughs> just big enough to do that. Well, there you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. Now we want to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. (music) 
So this episode's question comes to us from Davey. Davey says, it seems like inflation hasn't been very bad recently, but I hear a lot of talk about it. Should I be worried about it in future years? Walter, I think this is a planet question because this is perfect. <laughs> a very Dave, timely question is what Dave, you're getting at. Davey read my mind here. No, you know what, Davey, that is a perfect question because exactly what you, you've said is that inflation hasn't been bad lately. Jeez, for 20 years, we've had the government artificially keeping interest rates low. Our economy has been growing. But now, certainly inflation seems like it's going to start making its way back into our lives. And what inflation is going to do, it's going to drive the price of everything up. It's going to deflate the value of cash. And, you know, it's going to start to create a lot of different issues for people as we go forward. So what we're doing is when we're doing all of our plans, we're running it, we're putting in a little bit higher rate of inflation than, than you know, the norm and what you've seen in the past. Because we think inflation's certainly coming. We think it could, you know, not that it's going to get like it was late 70s, early 80s or anything like that. We're not going to have 14% inflation or anything like that. But certainly, you know, this, you know, 2 3% is going to start creeping up. We're going, to ha- we're going to have that inflation definitely coming higher. And you need to plan for it because if you think that, you know, what you're living on now, when we get, you know, 5 6% inflation or something like that, it's going to seriously start eroding your purchasing power. And you're going to end up needing a lot more than what you planned on for these low inflation environments that we've been in in the past. So not that you need to be worried about it, Davey, but what you need to do is be proactive and you need to plan for it. You need to make sure that the cash that you have available, that that money is working for you, a little bit better than the banks are. And you also need to make sure that your income later on down the road is going to adjust for inflation and that you're going to have enough money available to be able to live the retirement that you want to down the road. Sometimes one, two, three percent inflation all sounds very minor to consider that. So like if you didn't really think about inflation, you'd be like, all right, well, we're talking like, you know, a percent or two, not a big deal. But that's the sneakiness of inflation, right? Over the course of 20, 30 years, it becomes a very big deal. I mean, and you, you, you know, we've been in a really low inflationary environment. And just think, you know, what houses used to cost or cars used to cost 20 years ago. And that was in a low inflationary environment. So run that up another 20 years. If you retire when you're 60 and you need to get a car when you're 75 or 80 or something like that, how much that is actually going to cost if you know, inflation increases from where it's been in the last 20 years? It's a great question, Davey. Thanks for reading Scott's mind and bringing that one up onto the show today. Full disclosure, I do have a cousin named Davey, but I don't think he planted the question uh, oh, okay. Here. Yeah. All right. Thanks. It, we, we always have the uh, conversation. I never know to go with Davey, David, or Dave. Um, I've seen all three signed differently in various emails and things like that. So mm. uh, you Davey and Daves and Davids out there in the world, let, let us know which one is the preferred one so we can stick with it. <laughs> it's changed throughout the years, the Davey, David, Dave thing. So. I don't hear Davey a whole lot. Not a lot. No. Mm-mm. In fact, I think he was Davy as a kid, and now I feel like he's returned to it. I've seen Davy pop back up more often now. After yeah. maybe Dave and David were phases, and now he's back to Davy. So. Yep, maybe. 
Interesting. Very, very off-track side thought, but there you go. Great question, though. Thanks for sending that one in to us. If you want to submit your question to be featured on a future edition of the Retirement Toolbox, you can do that by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. You'll see a place where you can contact us there on the website. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. It's time for the shelter-in-place movie TV review. All right, favorite part of the show. Time to wrap up things, Scott, with our movie and TV show review. What you got for us this week? You know what? I It's not necessarily a brand new movie, okay. but it's something that my wife and I watched, and my, and my 12-year-old daughter enjoyed it too, uh, on Netflix the other day, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yeah, very good. And uh, we had never seen it before. And boy, that was a super good movie. Not only did it have some history in it, you know, that you kind of you know, learned about the Le Mans race and Ford trying to get in there and, and become competitive. And, you know, Ferrari was the king of the hill. But it was just good acting, well-written, really, really enjoyable movie. We liked it. I thought it was really good as well. We saw it maybe... So I think that was one of our pandemic movies. We saw it back in, in 2020 at some point one evening. Okay. And really, really enjoyed the presentation. And Matt Damon's good in pretty much anything he does. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was excellent. Really good recommendation. Yeah, yeah good If you movies. haven't seen it yet, check it out. You don't have to be a race car fan to enjoy it. No. By any means. My um, wife was hesitant when we first turned it on. She's like, Ford versus Ferrari? Come on. Mm-mm. But she really ended up liking it when it was all yeah. said and done. All right. Well, I will give you one to stay away from. Since you, you brought us a positive one, I'll, I'll throw out a negative one. The movie Home Again. Reese Witherspoon, this came out in 2017, but we just we just happened to watch it the other day. It was awful. It was, and I love everything Reese Witherspoon is in, but this movie was just like, so basically she's separated from her husband, moves out to Los Angeles. Somehow these three young aspiring movie guys, like one's a director, one's a writer, one's the actor, and they've written a movie right. and they're trying to get it sold, somehow end up in a very weird situation where they're living with her in her really, really nice house in L.A. and helping raise her daughters. And it's like she becomes married to all three guys. Like She starts to have romantic feelings for all three of these young guys. And then her husband ends up coming out to try and win her back, and he's trying to fit in now with the three guys that are out there, and they're all competing for the attention of the kids. It was just weird. It was just a weird movie. It had a weird ending. Just stay away from it. It was just it sounds weird. weird. It was just weird. It was just like this isn't none of this is normal and it's not even that funny. You kept wanting to like it and thinking it was going to take a cute fun turn and it was just weird the whole time. I don't know. There you go. Home yeah, again. No. Not a ringing endorsement because it was bad. I actually booed audibly at the end of it. <laughs> in my in in the living room, <laughs> and Connie was in stitches because she felt it coming. <laughs> because when the movie ended, there was this bizarre silence, and then I just went, "Boo!" <laughs> so stay away from it. Home again. I will. No I good. will. No good. But definitely check out Ford versus Ferrari. Good recommendation there, Scott. Well, there you have it. Movie and TV show review in the books. Another episode in the books. Scott, thanks for joining us, my friend. And we'll talk again in a few weeks. Absolutely. I enjoy every episode. We'll talk to everybody again next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Tribe.
Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.